Hello, everyone. I'm Edward Beltran, the CEO of Fierce. And today you're joining us on the Pulse Experience, where we're using biometric devices, so wearables, Fitbit, uh, Apple Watch, to be able to integrate with our proprietary app called Pulse to be able to get underneath your daily stressors. And we do this with integration with calendar uh, data as well as GPS to show where you're at and who you're with when you have your highest stress event. And then we have wonderful coaches like Chantel, who's joining us today to be able to help you get underneath that self-awareness and move into action. And today we're going to be analyzing one of Chantel's coaches who is an emerging leader, and many of us can identify with this and running into their own struggles of taking on more and understanding, uh, you know, their environment. So Chantel, welcome. Yeah. You know, emerging leaders, what a fascinating topic, right? Um, Those that are on the path to becoming leaders in their field can really experience a significant amount of, of stress as they navigate the new challenges of of leadership. And my coachee was no different, Ed. Yeah, no, I, we could all identify with this, right? We're hearing this a lot as well uh, with people taking promotions and taking on more. It sounds good in theory. They want to progress, but are they ready? Do they have the right skill sets? Are they self-aware? And we're also seeing this in new hires, especially around high potential new hires, as you're aware, Chantel, in the professional services sector. And we're doing a lot with um, the legal profession, the CPA profession. So to kick this off and pull this back a bit more, Chantel, let's dissect this. Tell us a little bit about your coaching. Sure. You know, I, I have a, a young leader who uh, is in, in the military as a Navy corpsman, uh, which is medical. You know, she recently got that promotion. And She's also uh, completing her graduate degree and applying for her office officer's package. So she has a lot going on. And yet, if that wasn't enough, the new responsibilities she had included the management of a blended clinic of both military and civilian personnel with varying ages and varying abilities. She noticed that her stress levels were, were high, and she didn't want that to continue. So uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty interesting. So, yeah, so just to just to restate. So our Pulse app, it shows stress levels. We make it so simple. It shows stress levels in one, two, three, four categories. And um, that's based off of the own user's baseline. And those events which granulate down to the hour also pull in uh, uh, calendar data and GPS to show, you know, who you're with and, and what you're doing. Um, Chantel, before we dissect that a little bit further on what was showing up with your coachee, do you also see these challenges at the executive level? Absolutely. You know, it's it's oftentimes the very first insight that that they have. They, you know, they think, oh, you know, yeah, it's going to be stress. Okay. And this biggest apostrophe is that they are self-aware. And then they realize maybe not, right? They're so accustomed to managing stress in aggregate that they mm-hmm. don't recognize, you know, what's taking place. With respect to promotions, Ed, this is really important because it's a common phenomenon, you know, that we all experience. And uh, this promotion regret, you know, mm-hmm. in fact, um, you know, I'll tell you, I built my entire graduate degree because of this. You know, as as a new manager, I thought, 
I had stopped liking people. I could not understand why I was so stressed. I just got this promotion. I was, you know, now a people manager. Um, and in seeking to understand, I found that I was experiencing this very thing. Like mm-hmm. many, you know, the new role had much more stress and was more demanding than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And it required skills that I had not yet possessed. We go in thinking about the benefits and the rewards of the promotion. We often underestimate the challenges and difficulties associated. You know, mm-hmm. this mismatch between expe- expectations and reality often leads to feelings of, of remorse and disappointment. I thought I was going crazy. I mean, I really did. I was like, what happened to me? You know, in many cases, though, people have even returned back to individual contributors and a spot where they had previously mastered mm-hmm. because of the stress associated. Chantel, thank you so much for sharing your personal story. And uh, you just gave me the confidence to share mine as well, right? And I think that's important, though, because, like, um, you know, the way we came up was, you know, get up and don't feel sorry for yourself. Or many times we heard early in our careers, I, I know I did, don't let them see you sweat, right? Being able to bring up that you, you're struggling, um, it wasn't really done. And so even though I can attest that, yeah, in certain transitions, I for sure was like, wow, like, what is this? Like, but I also felt like I had to figure it out on my own because you don't want to go to your, your boss because they're putting, or whoever made the decision to promote you, they put all their faith in you, right? And yeah. you don't want to go because you have this feeling of, wow, okay. And I know a lot of people as well on that same notion tell suffer from what we call um, imposter syndrome. And I know I've heard it even from my own people, but the fact that we live in uh, a time that people could be self-aware that here's what's happening, but they can come to their boss and say, um, this isn't a matter of me not being able to do it. I just need a little bit of help <laughs> getting over mm-hmm. this edge. And what we find, Chantel, is a lot of times it's just momentary, correct? In your situation, uh, you got over the hump pretty quickly, right? But it was through tools and, and tips. So let's dissect this a little bit further. How, how did you help your coachee get through this? What was showing sure. up for them? Yeah, in utilizing the the Pulse app, we could see that this was going on. There were stress spikes, and my coachee was unaware of how to approach the new challenges, how to build effective relationships, and really how to develop her own leadership style. You know that you brought up imposter syndrome, and, and it is so true. We we feel we're supposed to show up a particular way, and that is you know. Uh, exuding strength and minimizing all vulnerability. And what that also takes away is authenticity. And if you're not real in those struggles, what do you, what's that mean for your team? You know, as they're going through because of the app, she could see those, that scaling system of one to four, and I could check it against her, her schedule. We knew exactly when she was experiencing the higher levels of stress. And in those moments, you know, she was still operating in the mindset of an individual contributor. Yeah, she was really, she was doing not, she was doing not leading. Take a listen. That's like my role for everything in this clinic. Like if it's not me doing it, like it's not being addressed. Huge, right? As an emerging leader, this is probably the hardest transition 
You know, we perform well as individual contributors, so we get promoted. And then we're hit upside the head with the people component of the job. Um, sure. you know, we don't know how to develop other skills because we're still trying to figure out how to develop ours. And mm -hmm. we often don't take the time to foster the trust and collaboration because you know, all of the lights are on us, so to speak. And we feel like we're on stage and we have to perform a particular way and we're being graded at every second. But this means though, is that we revert to doing things ourselves and mm -hmm. adding workload and stress and not developing our teams. No, definitely. And I think so many people can identify with this term of, I could just do it myself, whether it's verbalized or thought. The other thing, Chantal, I noticed that in in my transition uh, to being a, a leader, as well as when I promote people as being leaders, what happens a lot of times is that we're, as an individual contributor, it's very tangible what you're doing and you're getting reinforcement and you're saying, great, you did this. This is a great job. And sometimes being a leader of, of people or leader of leaders your work is intangible to a sense, right? Of course, we're on the hook for results. We're on the hook for a lot of different things, but it is that transition of mentality of what is my work really impacting that switches from being an individual contributor, a doer in your words, to uh, being a leader or manager of people. So I can absolutely relate to that. She was heading towards that, that from gradual to the inevitable suddenly that mm. she did not during our session, we uncovered that her ambitions were not aligned with her current actions. You know, she was preparing for her future as an officer, yet she fully hadn't grasped what that meant to be a, a true leader. You know, take a listen. So you were put in for your officer's package. What's the job of an officer? You to delegate, to lead. Yeah. So what are you choosing not to do? by, well, to take on delegation. Huh. Yeah. I mean, if that doesn't say, say it all, right? What a, what a powerful question. What are you choosing not to do? <laughs> and one thing I noticed, Chantal, she didn't even hesitate. <laughs> right? That's so interesting. So, exactly. so in your session, after that realization and that quick articulation, what did she, what did she learn? How did you move her into action. You know, she learned that she had an opportunity to help develop other skills and gain new experiences, but she had to get out of her own way. You know, we addressed the biases that she was holding against about others. She really didn't know what others could do because the minute she noticed a small issue, she'd take over and complete it herself. So we worked through how she could gradually grow the team members' confidence and their competence in their jobs. You know, and delegating was a great start. So we really focused in and honed in on delegating, right? It mm. increases the overall efficiency and product productivity of the team. And that allows her to get more done in less time. It also frees her up to do um, other important tasks that she's now in charge of. But more importantly is the byproduct. And the byproduct of delegating is the trust and collaboration amongst the whole team. I'm sure you're aware of this. Everybody's aware of this, but yet we don't do it. We're only as smart as our own as our one brain. That's hard to that's hard to admit sometimes, but we're yeah. really we're only as smart as our one brain. But when we get a team actively thinking, doing, learning, 
and they feel valued and empowered, they contribute to the overall success of and, and accomplish the goals that you set forth. So Chantel, that's very powerful. I'm going to push back on you a little bit though, because I know sure. yeah. uh, I'm speaking for our audience. So delegation is one of those buzzwords, right? Where it sounds great in theory. Okay, I'm going to delegate to my people. I have folks, but mm-hmm. some might say it's easier said than done. Is this a skill set? How do you tangibly do this versus just saying, make sure you delegate? Yeah, you know, it is a skill set. And the thing is, is it doesn't have to be everything. You're not turning over all responsibility necessarily and not owning the end result. As a leader, you always own the end result, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there are, there, <laughs> there are steps. There are steps in the process. And as you go through and you build that trust, you build the confidence and the confidence within your team members, you delegate more. Absolutely. Right? Um, so, so it is a process. I was going to say, so in this case here, you leverage Fierce's delegation model, which is kind of a step-by-step that helped her think about her workload. And ultimately, the tell us more about that, just so we can give, uh, we can grab our audience a little bit in a tried and true approach. Sure. You know, in this blended clinic, they treat um, both civilians at retired military personnel and active duty. And what was happening was that there was a there was a separation and isolation between the civilian workers that she had. Nurses um, were only treating the the civilian personnel, the dependents of or the the retirees in the military were only treating active duty. And so this created a divide amongst the larger clinic, right? Oh, wow. And there wasn't cross-learning happening. And so you have a younger population of military personnel who were treating military, um, learning the new technologies, and yet they weren't sharing it with the, the civilian nurses. And then you have the expertise and the patient management piece that the, these nurses had had because they've been working in the field for so long that they weren't sh- sharing with the military. Yeah, as you can yeah. see, this is, you know. Um, Organizational so, complexity and culture is real, oh, but that's why you have emerging leaders, right? Absolutely. For how they tackle this. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, and the choices are you can keep them separate. But what does that mean for the ultimate client who is the patient? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, as, you know, having been a military dependent myself and I expected the same care as as my child, who's now, a, you know, a, an active duty Navy, you know, um, my life mattered just as much. And I should be aware and, and should be privy to the new technology and learning. And I also should have the client service. My son should have the client service that comes along with it. You know, that patient management um, that grows over time, you know, the bedside manner. We talk about in the healthcare professional, their lack of bedside manner um, and Mm -hmm. the work that they're doing um, within emotional intelligence to grow this because it's so important to the overall health and stress of the patients. They weren't getting that. So your leader has the opportunity to make a huge impact on patient care. And that's why she was promoted and she was being limited because of her inability to see the power of delegation, why she has a team to your point. 
So once you moved her into action and that realization, Chantal, what happened to her and how's her efforts going? They're they're going well and, and still continuing to grow. So what she had decided to do was, you know, put individuals in charge of uh, different trainings. And so, but pairing them together. So already blending a military and a civilian together to teach the other associates for lack of a better word, associates, um, whatever topic that they they were doing. So you were get they were getting a blended approach. It worked, it has worked in amazing ways because you have the mindsets changing from each of those parties. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. they're seeing competence and they're seeing knowledge that they didn't have, they weren't privy to before. And so now they, they're not only going to my emerging leader, which then takes more time away. They recognize that other people have expertise as well. And they're getting excited. They're trying new things. And who doesn't want to get excited and try new things at, at, at work and, and feel refreshed? And mm-hmm. so the, the drama has gone down. The delegation <laughs> has, has moved up. And for my coachee, this is extremely important. She has a lot on the line with an officer's package. And moving from enlisted to an officer, there's a different expectation because she's already been in the field. She's not coming right out of college, you know, and never experienced possible possible leadership, never experienced what it's like to be in the Navy. She already has this knowledge. And so they look to her differently. And now she's building that skill set to show up at, you know, at school, the OCS school and say, this is what I've learned. And this is how I've used it in real life examples to change the dynamics and, and the overall collaboration within my clinic. Wow. That's amazing, Chantal. Well, in addition to her being her thriving, you must be really proud as well. I know you you're really committed and dedicated to helping, uh, you know, our armed services and personnel and transitions and on the job. So just tremendous work, Chantel. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, this this topic of emerging leaders is, is huge. We focused right now on the delegation. But what we're also finding is, is that the skill sets in general are needed in the line of work, right, Chantel? So it's one thing to have them go through training for four hours or days on end. And it's another thing for them to be in the moment and being able to connect with what they learned in the classroom months ago to the moment that mm-hmm. they're in. And so this is the reason why these coachings are so impactful is because now through the biometrics, they can see what they're responding to. So another example that we see a lot with emerging leaders is one of their employees creating a a high anxiety for a variety of reasons. And so another skill set that we'll be highlighting in another future session, I'm sure Chantel, is how to give proper feedback, for example. So a manager seeing something, they think that they're being clear that these aren't uh, the results that, you know, they want, but they're not. And so all it does is create frustration. It creates um, anxiety in both uh, the, uh, you know, the, the boss and, you know, uh, their employee. But there's tried and true effective ways to engage in a conversation, which we teach, which is with, right? And be able yeah. to say, explore this in a way that's uh, constructive. And so um, what we've done in emerging, cap- in emerging leader programs is we've introduced Pulse to be able to drive the biometric awareness but also to put in 
Chantel as an expert coach, for example, in 30, 60, and 90-day check-ins. And what we're finding is that the impact is just absolutely incredible because it's real-time, and they can discuss what it is that they're facing um, in the moment and have practical tools to address them in the moment as well. And we're also seeing this with high potentials and new hires as well as part of the onboarding process. So absolutely incredible, uh, Chantel. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that feedback. It's it um, that's an exciting one to to be able to share. Ed, I, I will tell you as we talk about emerging leaders and feedback, people are so afraid of of even the word that in itself causes causes stress levels to go up. And you know we're able to to break that down and remove the myths so that people can receive what they need in order to grow as leaders. Absolutely, and. The other reason why we're so passionate about this is because we're putting the power in the individual's hands, be it individual contributors or managers to say, here's what's happening. And more importantly, I have the power to an enablement and confidence, right, to do something about it. And what we're finding is a lot of times these aren't complex things. These happen very quickly, as in the case of your coachee in this session, being able to quickly say and make that statement, <laughs> um, I need to delegate. It was there for a while, and then it's that realization, and then it's, okay, now that I've said that, let's move into action. Chantel, thank you so much for being such a wonderful, impactful coach. I want to thank the audience for uh, listening to us today. If you want to go through the Pulse experience, please click the link in our description, and we'd be happy to onload you and have an experience with uh, Chantel. And we have a discount code we'd like to share with you, the Pulse Experience 03. And so when you get on there, we're happy to extend a discount to our early listeners. And until next time, thank you so much. Thank you, Chantel. Thanks.